Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Hallelujah. Appreciate the worship this morning, the presence of the Lord that's in this place. No doubt, He is here. And I'm convinced that He's not only here, but He's here to meet every need. Amen? If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Mark, the fourth chapter, Mark chapter 4. We're going to read the first two verses, and then we're going to jump down to verse 33. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1. He began to teach again by the sea, and such a very large crowd gathered to him that he got into a boat in the sea and sat down. The whole crowd was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables and was saying to them in his teaching. Then it begins to go into some parables, but I want to jump down to verse 33. With many such parables, he was speaking the word to them so far as they were able to hear it. And he did not speak to them without a parable, but he was explaining everything privately to his own disciples. On that day when evening came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and, the, and said to the sea, Hush, be still. The wind died down and it became perfectly calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Father, we love you today. One more time, Lord, I just pray that you would anoint these lips of clay, God, to minister your word to your people. God, I pray that you'd anoint every ear to hear, every heart to receive from your word today. Father, I ask you today, God, that you would just touch each and every person in this room in a special way. God, I pray today, God, that you would move among us. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. God, I pray that because the word is going forth, God, that faith would be increased. And God, I just pray today, God, that your word will do what it is being sent to do. God, according to your own word, it will not return void, but it will do that which it is sent to accomplish. And Father, I just ask you right now, Lord, to take complete control of the remainder of this service. Move among us in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. There's some very interesting statements in this portion of Scripture 
that I want to draw our attention to as we move throughout the message. Before we get there, let's talk about life. Life is filled with ups and downs. Life is filled with uncertainties. Life is filled with storms, if you will. Sometimes we refer to those storms as problems or crisis, chaos. Whatever your term is, whatever you identify them are, we will walk through situations that we can't fix. We will encounter some things that we within ourselves do not have the power to deal with. Therefore, we must rely on somebody else. We get up and we go to the doctor when we don't know what's wrong and we don't feel like we're getting better in a timely manner because the doctor knows more than we do. Amen? In certain situations that you don't know how to navigate, you may go and visit with an attorney because he knows the law better than we do and he may be able to help us navigate certain situations. The reality of life is that as a child of God, we are walking by faith and not by sight. While we can be impacted by things we see in the natural, we don't have to be completely knocked over by the things of this life. Our faith should be completely and securely in Jesus Christ. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the beginning of our faith. He is the end of our faith. So everything in the middle has to be about Him. So I've just come to tell you today that there's going to be times that we walk through situations and storms of life. And I find some interesting things here that as Jesus was teaching in parables, the Bible said in verse 34 or 33, with many such parables he was speaking the word to them, speaking to the multitude so far as they were able to hear it. But 34 begins to say he did not speak to them without a parable, so he only taught parables to them. Now parables were stories that were examples of real life situations that would teach us something. And the reality of it is, he goes on to say in 34, that he was explaining everything privately to his own disciples. Why is that important? That's important because it tells me that as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple of Christ, that he will go to extra measures when we are following him to make sure we understand all that we need to know. That's the agent of the Holy Spirit. He will teach us all things. One of his other offices is he will recall to our remembrance things that we don't remember. One of the things I like about the Holy Spirit the most is when I don't know how to answer, when I don't know what to respond, when I don't know what to say, He said He would give me the words to speak. You've heard the old saying, somebody put words in your mouth. You ever heard that? I want to be guilty of that. As long as the one that's putting the words in my mouth is the Holy Spirit, Amen. We find here in the end of chapter 4 a time when Jesus is in a boat and the disciples are in a boat with him. They are going to the other side. He said, let us go to the other side. 
And leaving the crowd, the Bible says they took him in the boat, and there arose this great wind. But Jesus was in the stern of the boat, and he was napping. He was asleep. And I find something interesting here, that the disciples were beside themselves. They were getting anxious, if you will, They were getting fearful and afraid because the wind was blowing so much so that the Bible says that the waves or the water was coming over the top of the boat. And the boat was already beginning to fill with water. Now I'm just going to be honest with you and tell you right quick, that ain't good. That's not good when your boat is taking on water. Nothing good's going to come out of that. Because you can't put a hole in the bottom of the boat to drain the water out. That's only going to make matters worse. Right? And so when the disciples are witnessing the water fill the boat, the Bible says Jesus himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion. The disciples are frantic. They are scurrying around. Now this is the Bounds unauthorized version. But I just see in my mind as I read this and the boat's taking on water because if I was in that boat that day and that boat was taking on water, I would be scurrying around trying to find a way to get the water out of the boat. And so they were were fearful and they were afraid because they knew that if something drastic didn't happen, it was about to get bad. If something about their situation didn't change quickly, they wasn't going to make it. But what they didn't realize is they already had water in the boat. Hello. I said they already had water in the boat. The fountain of living waters. Jesus, while the boat is being tossed to and fro and waves are coming over the boat and it's filling up the boat, Jesus is sitting down there. He's asleep. He's taking a nap. Isn't that what the Bible said? And they went down in the stern of the ship and they found Jesus. And the Bible says they woke him up. And they said to him, Do you not care that we are perishing? Now, let's talk about that statement. I titled this message, Don't You Care? Do you care? Jesus, do you care that we're about to die? Well, you can't die when you got life on the boat. Huh? You can't perish when you have the resurrection and the life in the boat. Jesus, do you even care that this is about to get bad? Do you care that we're about to die? Jesus, you're down here sleeping. The boat's taking on water. We're trying to get water out of the boat. We're doing everything we know how to do. You're not even helping. You're just sleeping. Hmm. Do you even care? Well, let's translate that a little bit to our own personal life. Jesus, do you even care about what I'm going through? Do you care that what I'm walking through is about to get the best of me? Do you care that what I am experiencing 
is overwhelming me and getting the best of me. Have you ever been there? Well, let's look at what some, some things that happened here. The first thing that I see in the disciples is they discovered their own limitation. They couldn't help themselves. I said they could not help themselves. Now, we're not talking about people who just were novices. They had some experience. They knew what it was to be on a boat, but they were limited. I remember several years ago, not long after my wife and I got married, I have to tell this story because it fits perfectly here. It wasn't long after we got married that my wife and her mother went shopping one day. My father-in-law was working, and my wife's brother and I decided we would go out on Lake St. John and we'd go fishing. So we go put the boat in the water, and we go to the far end of the lake. It was a beautiful day, perfect for fishing. And we're sitting down under some trees, and we're just sitting there fishing. And all of a sudden, I hear this noise. And I said, brother-in-law, what is that? He said, I don't know. It may be some traffic up on the road. We were close to the road. Wasn't traffic on the road. I turned around and looked, and there was nothing but just, I'm talking about solid rain. A rainstorm. I'm not talking about a little drizzle. I'm not talking about a storm. I'm talking about a rainstorm just out of nowhere. So we decided we might ought to get some yonder. So we get out of there in the boat and we're headed back to trying to get back to the dock or the, the landing so we can get the boat out of the water. But the wind was blowing so hard, the water was roaring so hard, the wind, uh, the rain was coming down so hard that it made it nearly impossible to navigate the boat. My brother-in-law's driving a boat, and you know on those boats they only got a windshield about that tall. I'm in the other seat and I'm hunkered down because the rain feels like needles hitting me in the face. He's driving as hard as he can, and I'm praying as hard as I can. Because that boat's get doing this number here. And the rain's coming down. And I'd not been long received my exhorter's license with the church of God. And my brother's mother-in-law said, The Lord ain't going to let nothing happen to us. We got a certified preacher on board now. But I remember that day. We didn't make it all the way. We found somebody's boathouse and we just borrowed it for a little while. We pulled up in that boat up in there and we hunkered down. And we had no cell phone service. We couldn't call anybody. They were trying to check on us because the rain just blew up out of nowhere. I'm going to tell you something. I learned something that day. It's a scary thing to be on a boat in the middle of a storm. And I discovered we had some limitations. No matter how experienced he was at driving the boat... No matter how much experience I had with praying, there was only so much I could do in the natural. I had some limitations. And so what I see here in this passage of Scripture is the disciples had some limitations. And I just want to relay some of, things, some of these things to us. We often experience things we cannot control. The flesh becomes weary when we are tossed by the winds of life. The flesh becomes weary when we cannot control things. We must remember that we are walking by faith and not by sight. But it is only when we discover our own limitation that it opens up the avenue for divine intervention. It's only when I come to myself and I realize I can't fix this. 
I can't help me. I can't get me out of this. That's only the time when I can turn to a divine intervention and know that he is more than able to reach into my situation and fix some things. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. And if we've all been honest this morning, we would probably, sometimes I think when we read the Bible, we look at some things that God's people say and we go, man, I can't believe they'd say that. Sometimes I think we look at them and think, I can't believe the Lord let them get by with talking to him that way. You ever thought that? Then I realize I'm as guilty as they are sometimes. Because I'm going to be honest with you, and if you're honest... Perhaps you would admit too that there have been situations and times in your life that you wondered if God even cared what you were going through. The reality of it is, yes, He does care. Yes, He is aware. And yes, He wants to do something about it. The fact of the matter is they discover their own limitations. When we discover our own limitations, we realize our own inabilities. Our own inabilities will either cause us to fret it or faith it. That's good enough. You could tweet that. Our own inabilities are either going to cause us to fret about it or faith our way through it. More times than not, we want to fret it. We begin to worry and become miserable. We're in a place in our faith. we got to get to a place in our faith with God that we know that we know that we know that God cannot fail. We have to face our own inabilities. I don't care how educated we are, I don't care how many degrees we are, we're still limited. Our greatest conversations with God often take place in the storm. There are things that are impossible with us that are possible with God. All things are possible with God. Not only did they discover their own limitations, let me tell you what else they discovered. They discovered that Jesus is always near. While they were in the boat, battling the waves, battling the wind, battling the water, Jesus was asleep, but he was near. He was with them. He was not physically in their presence because he was in another part of the boat, but he was in their presence. He was with them. So what that speaks to me is the disciples experienced their limitations and then they turned to Jesus. So many times we try to fix everything our own selves before we go to him. Right? When Jesus really wants us to be our first resort. Jesus doesn't want us to try to dip water out of the boat. Just come get him. Jesus wants us to rely on him. Oh, this is going to get good. It's going to get a lot better in just a minute. But he's always near. They knew the dangers confronting them as they sailed onto the sea. Verse 37 says the boat was full, meaning it was taking on water, and the boat would eventually begin to sink because the wind was there. There was a potential that the boat could capsize. That's never a good thing. 
It is then that the disciples asked Jesus, don't you even care that we're about to die? The boat's about to flip. We're about to sink. Nothing good's about to happen. And you're down here snoring. Do you even care? Jesus was already aboard the ship with the storm-tossed disciples. Listen. He was well aware of the storm that was brewing. Now listen, I want to mess with your theology for just a minute. Jesus, we know who Jesus is. He is the divine Son of God who made His entrance into the earth through a virgin girl named Mary. She was overshadowed by the power of the Holy Spirit and she conceived a son and gave birth to Jesus. While He was fully man, He was still fully God. I said, while he was fully man, he was still fully God. Well, how do you know that, preacher? Because he did not sin. That's how I know that. So what has that got to do with this story? Here's what it has to do with the story. Go back to the beginning part of this. In verse number 35, when it says, And on that day when the evening came, and he said to them, Let us go to the other side. Jesus, being the divine Son of God, tells His disciples, let's go to the other side, already knew there was a storm brewing. He already had foreknowledge that they were going to go through a storm. He already had the idea in his mind that they would encounter wind, that they would encounter waves, that they would encounter difficulty, but Jesus wasn't concerned because He went to sleep. They already had peace in the midst of their storm. Now listen, I don't know how theological what I'm about to tell you is. I don't know. It just sounds real good when I say it and it gives me strength and it gives me encouragement so maybe to do the same for you. You might even want to write this down and put it on your refrigerator. Any storm that Jesus can sleep in is a storm that I can overcome. The reality of it was simply this. Jesus had knowledge they were going to encounter difficulty. But he wasn't worried. I may be worried. You may be worried. But God's not worried. They had to understand that Jesus was near them. He was already on board the ship. He was well aware the storm was brewing. He was well aware of their inability. I'm pause right here. He is well aware of our inability. He is well aware of our limitations. He is well aware of the disciples' limitations. But even more than that, He is well aware of His power and His ability to bring them through the storm and to navigate you through life's situation today. The answer is He does care. He cares for His disciples. He cares for you. Jesus never had any doubt He could take care of them. Jesus was not fretting. Now listen. I think I have enough sense to understand and know that if the boat was being tossed as the Scripture describes, that surely Jesus was aware the boat was being tossed. And Jesus might have even awakened just a little bit and said, Oh, that's the storm I knew was brewing. That's the storm I knew we were going to go through. I'm just going to go back to sleep. And all the while, 
On the surface, it looks like death. On the surface, it looks like tragedy. On the surface, it looks like panic and anxiety to the disciples. What are you saying? On the surface, what we walk through looks like chaos. It looks like panic. It looks like destruction. It may even look like death on the surface. But when you get down to the heart of the matter, you'll find out that Jesus is more than able to carry you through whatever you're walking through today. Jesus is on board the ship. He is always near. What great joy it is for us to discover that Jesus is near us in the midst of our crisis. He's not just near once in a while, but he is near all the time. At the simple mention of his name, he shows up. If you can open your mouth and say, Jesus, he appears. He's as near as the mention of his name. Not only did they discover their own limitations, not only did they discover that Jesus is always near, but they also witnessed the power of Jesus at work. The power of God is at work during our greatest difficulties in life. Now listen. Let's see if I can explain this the way that I hope I can with the Lord's help. There are many things that are taking place today in the spirit realm that you and I cannot see in the physical and there's only one way to know and understand what's happening. you got to be in tune with Him. you got to be talking to Him, and you've got to be willing to allow Him to reveal some things to you. Do you agree with that statement? So what does that mean? That just simply means that the power of God is already at work even when you don't see it. He's already aware that tomorrow you're going to encounter some things that you don't see today. That's why it's important that today we're praying about tomorrow. That's why it's important that we're praying now for what's going to happen because when we get there, we can already know that we have by faith covered it in prayer and that God is more than able to navigate us through. The problem lies, like the disciples here, that we wait until the wind's blowing. We wait till we're taking on water. We wait till we're about to capsize. We're about to go under. We're about to give up. And then we want to find Jesus. Well, you say, well, is it ever a bad time to get him? No, not ever a bad time. But listen, when Peter walked on water, he walked on water when he had his eyes on Jesus. But it's when he turned his vision to the crisis of life or the storms of life that he began to sink. What are you saying today? I'm saying today, don't wait till tomorrow gets here to cover it in prayer. Cover it in prayer today. So the Lord can navigate us through that. Now let me talk to you about Peter for just a minute because Peter gets a bad rap right here. Can I talk to you about Peter? And then I'll get back to the rest of the message. I'm almost done. But let me just talk to you about Peter for just a minute. Poor Peter gets a bad rap. Big mouth Peter. 
Oh, Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come. I'll step out on the water and I'll come to you. Jesus said, come. Let me test your faith, Peter. Come. You know how the story goes. He steps over the boat. He gets on the water. His eyes are on Jesus. He's walking on water. Takes his eyes off of Jesus and he begins to sink. He cries out to Jesus. Jesus reaches down and picks him up. And then he rebukes Peter because he said, Oh, you of little faith. Now, a lot of preachers have preached that story, and I've been guilty of it. And man, we rail on Peter. We want to rail on Peter because Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, and that's why he began to sing. But let me talk to you about Peter. When Jesus said, Oh, ye of little faith, can I just tell you that the little faith that Peter had was more than the faith the disciples in the boat had? <laughs> Because Peter's little faith caused him to get out of the boat and start walking on water. Nobody else wanted to get out of the boat. They sat there in their comfort zone. They didn't bother trying to walk on water to get to Jesus. They just wanted to stay in the comfort zone. Stay where it was comfortable. Can I just tell you something? I have come to learn some things about God. The moment we get comfortable is the moment He'll put us in a position to where we become uncomfortable. The moment we get satisfied and pleased is the moment that God says, you can't do that. I've got to stretch you a little bit. Because when we get comfortable, we sit still and we become stagnant. The reality of it is they understood and they, they witnessed the power of Jesus. Going back to our text, they witnessed the power of Jesus at work. The disciples asked Jesus to intervene on their behalf to calm the sea. And he did. The Bible says that he got up and he said, Hush and be still. And the wind died down and became perfectly calm. Then he said to them, Why are you afraid? Why were you afraid? Why are you afraid? I submit to you today that perhaps they were afraid because they didn't understand who was in the boat with them. I said they didn't fully understand who was in the boat with them. There was a lot of arguments going on in that time and that day whether Jesus was the Messiah or not. They didn't fully understand truly who he was. Do you believe that? Let me prove it to you. In verse 41, they asked the question, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I'll tell you who he was. He was the one in the book of Genesis who was present when God created everything. Because John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the word Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And there's nothing been created except that which was created by him. Then in verse 14, and the word Jesus became flesh and dwelt among. Listen, they witnessed the power of Jesus at work. Hush, be still. The King James says, peace, be still. It literally means to hush, to make it be silent. The instant he spoke, everything became calm. Why? Because everything in life is subject to His Word. Everything in life is subject to His Word. 
word from Jesus will calm our troubled souls. Now listen. Let's talk about the next statement Jesus made. When he says, how is it that you have no faith? Well, what does that mean? Here's what I think it means. And here's what I believe would have happened. While Jesus was asleep, he didn't even have to be disturbed. If the disciples themselves would have understood who was asleep at the wheel, because he's the captain of the boat, because he's God, he's Jesus. If they would have truly understood who was on board with them, the disciples themselves could have looked at the wind and said, Peace, be still. And I believe that the wind would have had the same reaction as it did when Jesus spoke. I believe the wind would have stopped blowing. The waves would have become perfectly calm. And the storm would have ceased to rage. Why do you believe that, preacher? I believe that because the power that they needed was already with them. And he was inside the boat with them. Which tells me that you and I have the same power to speak peace over the storms of life. The Bible says that the miracles that Jesus did when he walked the earth in his ministry time, the Bible says that the same works that Jesus did, we can do also and even greater works because he goes to the Father who is in heaven. Now, I don't believe that that means greater in magnitude because I don't know how much more greater you can get than raising up dead people. But what I believe the word greater means, greater in number, because while Jesus' earthly ministry was limited to somewhere around three to three and a half years, our ministry and our life uh, time with him on the earth spans far greater than that, so we have more opportunities to do more miracles and see them done. Right? Not that we do the miracles, but that him through us can see the miracles brought forth. So I'm just simply saying to you that we have the power to speak by faith in and through the name of Jesus and watch the wind cease and the wind stop. Now, listen. Let me just do a little spiritual warfare teaching right here. A little prayerful teaching right here. Before I stop. If you're ever praying... And you're ever commanding and you're just saying, wind stop blowing, peace be still. And you're just saying it like that, it's not going to do anything. Because in and of our own selves, there is no power. In and of our own selves, there is no authority. But when you begin to speak in and through the name of Jesus, I speak to this situation and I command it to cease and to stop now in the name of Jesus. It takes on a whole different meaning because now you have invoked some power and some authority in and through the name of Jesus. Because 
if I just say it and it's just Nathan Bounds, then Nathan Bounds don't have that kind of power and authority. But when you pray and you speak in the name of Jesus, I command you to this or that. It recognizes the name Jesus. And when the name of Jesus is recognized, it realizes that's my author. That's my creator. That's the one I'm subject to. And you and I have the power and the authority to speak these things by faith and see them happen. So that's why Jesus looked at his disciples and he says, why do you have no faith? I'm right here with you. I've tried to teach you these things, but you're just not getting it. So Jesus says, let me give you an object lesson. Wind, hush and be still. And everything just stops. And instead of recognizing the power, they begin to say amongst themselves, Who is this? Who is this? I'll tell you who it is. It's the giver of life. It's the power and the authority by which everything was created. It is the power and the authority by which everything and every element in our life is subject to. What are you saying today, preacher? I'm simply telling you there's not anything you'll ever walk through, there's not anything you'll ever go through, there's not anything you'll ever deal with that Jesus doesn't have the power and the authority over. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how drastic it is, no matter how hard it may seem, I'm simply telling you there is power and authority in the name of Jesus. But the first thing I have to do is realize that I'm limited. I don't have the power and I don't have the authority. But I know the one who does. Stand with me all over this house. We used to sing a course years ago. You'll know it. It was just, just a little course that just simply says, My God can do anything. He made the earth in all its fullness and all that time shall bring. My God can do anything that's the God that we serve he can speak peace be still he can cause the dead to be brought back to life I don't care if they've been dead four days I don't care if the funeral procession is making its way through town when Jesus happens by he can touch the casket and the young boy can arise that's the word of the living God Listen, I don't know if you've been paying much attention to what I've preached the last couple weeks or so, but they kind of go hand in hand. Last week, we talked about the Shunammite woman whose son died, and she went and got the prophet. And he was raised back to life. 
And she had to exhibit some faith in the midst of a crisis. Again this week, the Lord has taken me to a passage of Scripture where His people were in the midst of a crisis and they had to turn to Him for their help. I'm going to say this, and I'm not trying to scare anybody. But I've come to learn that when God sets things up like this, that He's trying to increase our faith because perhaps you may be walking through something either now or in the near future that you need to be reminded of some things. But the fact is, I said it earlier, pray today about tomorrow. Yeah, if you call on him tomorrow, he'll be there. But I like thinking about it like this. He knows what tomorrow holds, so he can help me navigate it when I get there. So whether you're walking through something today... You may say, well, I'm not going through anything, preacher. This is not for me. Oh, wait. Surely as life happens, there will come a time where you'll find yourself limited by your limitations and only able to turn to one who has the power and the authority. Here's what I want to do this morning. These altars are open. I invite you to find your place to pray. Spend some time with your Heavenly Father today and know that you have the authority to speak through His name to your situations. And if you're in this house this morning and you need special prayer for any reason, I'd be glad to pray for you. But I just sense in my spirit this morning the Lord wants us to spend some one-on-one time with Him today. So I invite you to come. Find your place to pray. Stand, sit.